Welcome to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. My name is Susan Sellers, and I will be your host for today. We're very thankful for the sponsorship from the Fort Hood Spouses Club for today's podcast. I have to say, I am so excited about today because we have not one special guest, but actually two. We're going to have a special host. First, we're going to chat with Anna Stortzel. She's one of the grant writers here at MSEC about her experience as a citizen of the Cherokee Nation and also Chickasaw and why it's so important for her daughters to retain cultural knowledge as well as a connection to their tribes. Then we will turn things over to Anna, who is going to welcome Representative Sharice Davids, who serves the great state of Kansas. Representative Davids was a military-connected child herself, and we'll discuss how her upbringing and what advice she may give military children and their families. Anna, thanks so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Before we get started, I would love for you to share with our listeners why this podcast was so important to you. It's important to me as a citizen of Cherokee Nation and someone with Chickasaw ancestry that we recognize the diversity of our armed forces uh, and acknowledge uh, how important the Native American community has been uh, to our armed forces. I have four children, and as we move from place to place, One thing I've noticed that I really have to make an effort as their parent to make sure that they still stay connected to their tribes and have an understanding of their family history and where they come from. So, as you said, you are a citizen of the Cherokee and Chickasaw nations. So, why is it important to you that your daughters retain this cultural knowledge and a connection to their tribes? It's important to me because as we move from place to place, they need to know that they're rooted in something. My tribal affiliations are very important to me. I was raised in Oklahoma and was surrounded by um, my tribes. I was able to go to Tahlequah for Cherokee days. We would go down to Ada for cultural events. I grew up hearing stories from my grandparents and being around my family members who shared our family history with me. And just knowing that my daughters, unfortunately, don't have that same access in the same way. We can't just pop over to Oklahoma from different parts of the world um, so they can have those same cultural experiences. And so it's then on me to bring that into their lives. And we work to do that uh, in different ways with books, participate in things online when it's possible. And and that's been helpful. Um, But I also want them to understand that they're not the only Native military connected children. And that's why I'm so excited to talk to Sharice Davids today about her experiences. Well, I am looking forward to that interview as well. And I really appreciate you coming on Anna and sharing your perspective and agreeing to be a host today. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Thanks, Susan. Hi, Representative Davids. Uh, I am thrilled that you are joining us today. Um, I am excited to talk to you about your military childhood and cultural background and how it may inform your leadership roles. I want to tell you that I have four military connected children myself, um, four girls, and they love your book, Sharice's Big Voice. (laughs) They they love reading about other military kids and seeing someone that has then gone on to serve in Congress. the girls are also very big MMA enthusiasts, mm, so love they love the fact that they were practicing their scorpion kicks last night. 
and they think that you're probably the coolest member of Congress and we're are really excited that I get to talk to you today. Oh, well, I'm, I'm excited too. I'm, I love getting the chance to, uh, particularly around, you know, what it was like to grow up as a, as an army brat. Um, I think a lot mm -hmm. of, there's, there's a lot of people who know what that's like, and there's a lot of people who don't. So it's, it's a pretty cool thing to be able to share with folks. Absolutely. Um, and I'm someone who did not grow up as an army brat. I spent my entire childhood in the same town in Oklahoma. Uh, and I would love for you to share a little bit now about what it was like for you growing up as a military child, the places you lived, maybe different experiences you had, if you could share with us. Yeah, so it's interesting because so many people in my family have uh, served in the military, you know, uh, uncles and grandparents and um, and then, of course, my mom, that it didn't occur to me that people wouldn't know what that was like uh, when <laughs> I was growing up. And um, it was very, of course, formative. You know, I think that I learned a lot because we moved around. You know, my my mom was stationed in Germany uh, twice. She was stationed at Fort Leonard Wood. She was stationed at Fort, uh, Fort Leonard Wood in Missouri, Fort Riley in Kansas. Mm -hmm. She went to Korea uh, for a little while and was at the, the DMZ or demilitarized zone. She And then she uh, was stationed at Fort Leavenworth in Kansas, which is uh, where I graduated from high school. And so growing up, I went to a number of different elementary schools and a couple of middle schools and then a, couple, a few different high schools. And I think I had just thought of it as a, a piece of, of uh, my like experience. I had mm -hmm. thought of, of it as being, um, you know, I, I got to meet a lot of different people. I got to see different places. And um, I did know that not everybody got to meet lots of different people. Um, but it felt like it just felt interesting. I mean, I do think it's interesting, you know, and, no. um, and then, and then I also feel like, so it's interesting. One of the things that I didn't realize growing up, but that I realize now as a member of Congress is that I feel like part of the reason that I not only uh, enjoy this job, but the approach that I take to this job has a lot to do with the fact that I grew up as an army brat. And I say that because when I get to a new place, so much of how I approach things is because when I was a kid, I ended up at different schools and in different neighborhoods. And, you know, you have to kind of like get a lay of the land, learn how people, uh, you know, you got to figure out where to go to get your snacks. You got to figure out, um, you know, who who plays what sports and who. And so there's a lot of different life skills that I think I learned um, as a kid growing up as an army brat because we moved around. Also, I'm really good at packing boxes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and that was my next question. How do you think being a military child helps you as a member of Congress or how does it inform your leadership style? Yeah, so a couple of, and actually, I, I really like this question about leadership style. So I'll, uh, I'll do that part um, next. But I think that it help, it helps in terms of one, just kind of going with, going with the flow, 
and I don't mean in a in a super passive way. It's more like, oh, I thought we were going to be stationed here for another year and that I would be playing soccer or, or, you know, taking this class from that teacher or something. And it turns out actually, no, my mom is getting sent to, to Korea. I'm not going with her. I'm moving to Wisconsin and I'm staying with my cousin. Like that's an, that's an experience that helped me learn how to navigate like big changes and Congress Mm -hmm. is a lot of big changes (laughs) a lot of the time, you know? And so I think it, it helped with that just with the kind of um, mindset of, of recognizing um, this is the place I found myself in and now I need to figure out how to, how to navigate it. And then when it comes to leadership style, I actually think the way that I think about the world actually is is very much informed by my having grown up as a as an army brat because my mom was stationed in Germany and we were actually over there when the Berlin Wall came down. Um, oh wow! Yeah, and I think I might have had more of an awareness of kind of the the world than I would have otherwise, and. I just remember when I was very young thinking, I feel really fortunate that I live in a country where if I, if I don't like the way something is going in our country, I can do something about it. Uh, I don't, I didn't know what the full range of what that meant. Um, but you know, as an adult now thinking back, like if that was my mindset as a young person, uh, it makes sense that I would end up doing the kind of work that I've been doing during my career, not just running for Congress, but also, you know, working on community and economic development. Um, that's a, that's a thing that I got to do because of the opportunities that I've had. And so I think that it really shaped my, my view of the world and also my opportunities in the world. No, thank you. That's great. And then in, also, how did your family help you maintain your cultural identity and knowledge in relation to your Native American ancestry while you were moving to different locations? Was your family able to emphasize that and incorporate that somehow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good, um, a really good question because uh, it's, you know, of course for me that has to do with being Ho Chunk, and you know, Ho Chunk is a tribe in Wisconsin. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think I think it can be true for a lot of different people as well. You know, depending on where your starting place was. I think I think that it can be a a a really important question, regardless of of what the starting point is. For me, being Ho Chunk, uh, knowing that you know most of my family is and tribe is in Wisconsin. uh, My my mom was. I would say pretty intentional about making sure that we were going to visit family as often as possible. Folks would come visit us. Uh, and, and then also we had our own little community because my, one of my aunts and cousin lived in the same area as we did for most of my upbringing. And so we all ended up living near each other, uh, which really helps with, you know, maintaining 
um, maintaining connections with with family and, and other tribal members. Definitely, um, and that's something you know I try to do with my girls too. Um, and then from that, what advice would you give to military children, and also maybe specifically to Native American military children, and how they can work to stay connected to their cultural heritage? It's funny because I, whenever I think about giving advice to people, I try to be mm -hmm. cognizant of, I try to be cognizant of not saying this is how you should do things, but what we did, you know, with with traveling home as much as possible. Uh, my mom is a road warrior, you know, we, we would get up, mm -hmm. we would get in the car and whether we were in Kansas or in Missouri, um, we would drive to, to Wisconsin. And, and even if we could only be there for, for not that long, um, not everybody's in the same kind of financial space as, uh, you know, and maybe, maybe driving or traveling home isn't, a, isn't an option. But one of the things my mom did was uh, she tried to make sure to to be connected to other um, native people, um, mm -hmm. and there are often powwows and different things that we would sometimes be able to 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 go to and participate um, in in one way or another. Um, and then the other thing that I think is probably something we do now a little bit more um, and wouldn't have been an option when I was younger is things like Zooms and FaceTimes and online, you know, being able to connect online. And, you know, just the other day I was watching some videos that some of the Ho-Chunk tribal language revitalization folks have been doing and, you know, just seeing all the, um, seeing all the ways that uh, language and and ceremony and that sort of thing is being shared amongst tribal members is is pretty cool, and that's something that I feel like is is newer because of the technology and what that gives us the op opportunity to do. No, that's one thing I have appreciated too. We were able to participate in with my tribes with a few different things virtually, and mm. the girls really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, and I appreciate you too mentioning experiencing other tribes. When we were in Nebraska, we would go to uh, powwows with the Omaha tribe, mm, yeah. um, other area, other tribes that were in the the Omaha area, and so and it was a great way too to explain to the girls that you know there's such a difference um, in how tribes share their culture and mm -hmm. you know that it's not a monolith, which I think was great for them. Oh yeah. Were you ever able to share um, with your classmates? Were you encouraged to do that growing up? Um, yeah, you know, one of the things that my mom would often do is uh, she would come to uh, my class and and share a bit about Ho-Chunk history and um, different, uh, you know, games and, and these kinds of things that during my class time, I felt like that was a really cool. Uh, and then, of course, it was fun because, you know, afterwards, people would want to chat with me about it which is mm -hmm. a nice, just a nice way to continue to make friends and, and grow relationships and, and that kind of stuff. So yeah, my mom Absolutely. would come to, the, come to the school and share stuff with people and share pictures and that kind of thing too. I think that's great. That's really neat. Yeah. How do you feel that growing up in a diverse environment informed your worldview? Yeah, so I kind of talked about this earlier, but <laughs> That idea of feeling very fortunate to grow up in the United States or, you know, as as an American. 
it also like growing up as a native person whose family and so many of my family members and tribal members have served in the military also informed my view of the kind of historical context of the United States. Um, mm -hmm. Cause I remember as I was, as I would learn more and more history of the first contact, you know, and these conversations happen when we're talking about uh, various holidays, when we're talking about, you know, the way that people perceive native Americans in the mainstream, which has shifted over the years, frankly, it's so interesting to think about how much I learned because of that with my mom, you know, asking her questions like about, you know, we're, we're coming up on Thanksgiving here and, mm -hmm. you know, having lots of questions about, about that with my mom, having questions about, uh, and my mom also, you know, I call myself a former first generation college student because my mom got her bachelor's in history about four years ago. But she got her bachelor's in history because she has always been somebody who really likes to read and understand the history. And mm -hmm. and so I think I probably knew a little more about um, U.S. history. And and then because we lived overseas, I also learned, you know, about the U.S. relationship with various countries. And I think it helps keep keep in perspective how how much it matters how engaged we are and also how much it matters that what our relationship with other countries is um mm -hmm. because i think as a i don't know for uh, other people but as a army brat you know i mean we were so we were uh, we were in germany when the berlin wall came down my mom was a drill sergeant around the time of desert storm and desert shield which meant that i had friends whose parents were being deployed places and i Mm -hmm. wanted, I asked my mom a lot of questions about, you know, are you going to get deployed? And if you do, you know, she's a single parent. So where are me and the boys going to go? Cause I have two little brothers. And I think that it helped, it helped me at least, you know, I'm not an international, uh, expert, but I, at least growing up understood that the United States has to have relationships with other countries. And I think that that stuff is, it, it's like invaluable lessons, I feel like. No, I, I agree very much. And congrats to your mom. Uh, I have a history degree myself, so I think it's a oh. good way to go. <laughs> oh, awesome. I'll have to tell her that. And then our final question, we have a student leadership program, the Francis Hesselbein uh, Class of 21 cohort. Um, it's a week-long intensive experience that builds skills through personal and small group setting, and students gain confidence, competence, and commitment to their leadership to build their local student to student program. And that's a program we have at schools across the globe uh, where it's military and civilian kids and they work together to welcome the new students uh, every year um, to school and then build their leadership skills through the club. Um, but they have a question for you and they would like to know what was your defining moment and when or what made you know that was a defining moment for you in terms of your leadership goals? Mm, great question. I would say, I want to preface my answer with, I hope people recognize that all of our, everybody has a different path and journey mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. 
because I think that my defining moment was when I was right before I started law school, which would mean I was like 27. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I, I got the chance to participate in this program called the Pre-Law Summer Institute. And it was it's a program that is aimed at helping uh, native students who are about to start law school. So you go in the summer before you start law school. Or if you've like applied to law school or you or you know you want to go to law school. And there were about 30 of us in my in my class. And it was the first time that I sat in a classroom and I like looked around and I was like, oh, everybody in here is a native person who is um, has graduated from uh, with a bachelor's degree. And as a first generation college student, that was something that I thought was I just remember looking around the room and feeling just like feeling the impact of that. And that's the first time that mm -hmm. sort of thing has happened to me, had happened to me at that point. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the I, the idea of knowing that I was gonna be going to law school, if it was the idea of being able to, at that point in my career, get to meet other native people who were, who were just kind of on a path of, of really following their, you know, what they wanted to do. Cause I'm, I've always been a, you get to decide what success means um, uh, type of person. And so I think that, that that is something that will always stick out to me as a, a defining moment of like, I feel like I'm on the right path right now. That's good. I wish you could see me smiling and nodding oh. along. <laughs> Um, and I do remember that from your from your book, um, which we do read on a regular basis. Oh so thank you. I just want to say again, thank you so much for joining us. I can't really emphasize enough what an impact it makes on our military connected children when they see leaders who acknowledge uh, that they are you know, serving alongside their parents, and then especially when those leaders share their experiences. Mm -hmm. I've it makes such an impact and we really appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank you for doing this and thanks for um, thanks for, for inviting me. Well, ladies, at this time, as we're wrapping up, I would just like to thank Anna so much for coming on and being a guest host for today and uh, doing that and also sharing your story. Well, thank you and thanks, Anna. I really appreciate it. This was fun. It was fun. Ladies, I just want to thank both of you for joining us today. I have to say one of my favorite things about this job is how much I learn and I really appreciated you both coming on and sharing your perspectives. And Anna, I want to give a special thanks and shout out to you for being our guest host today. Thank you so much, Susan, and thank you for having both of us. Absolutely. And we also want to thank Representative Davids for joining us as we recognize Native American Heritage Month and the many Native Americans who have served in the armed forces. You've been listening to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. We'd like to thank the Fort Hood Spouses Club again for their generous supporting of this recording. And until next time, live a great story.